Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast at the Speech Science Network. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders, and I know firsthand how much confusing and conflicting information there is out there about how we assess and treat swallowing disorders. This podcast is all about bringing everyone together, getting on the same page, being open to new ideas, and using evidence-based treatment strategies for our patients with dysphagia. So let's get into it. Hello. Oh my God. I'm so excited to finally get this podcast going. I've been talking about doing this for so many months now. Um, You know, technology is totally wonderful when it works, when it wants to, but I'm so grateful to the guys over at Speech Science, uh, speechscience.org. They have an awesome podcast there and I just happened to send them an email. I was having technical issues and ended up, they just decided to scoop me up under their network. So yeah, so welcome to Swallow Your Pride. This is a podcast all about swallowing and swallowing disorders. And my name is Teresa Richard. I'm a board certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders. And I just wanted to give you a little background about me and kind of where this whole idea, where this whole podcast stemmed from. So I think a lot of people get this preconceived notion that I had this, you know, gravy train of grad school medical speech pathology, and I had these top-notch medical placements, and I've just been living in this medical speech pathology fairyland for many, many years, and that's so not the case. I totally can relate to so many of you out there that feel like you didn't get as much in grad school about medical speech pathology, and then you get out into your externships and you still, you know, it it can be so confusing and overwhelming and we wish we had learned more in dysphagia and, you know, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to be a professor teaching dysphagia or an instructor teaching dysphagia. There is so much that you guys have to teach in one semester and and it's just nuts. But anyways, you know, I totally relate with all of you and I kind of just wanted to give a little background of know, where I came from and how I kind of obtained the knowledge that I've obtained. And let's see, it was over 10 years ago, I did both my undergrad and my grad school at the University of Buffalo. And I didn't have any medical placements in my grad program. I had one dysphagia course. And, you know, I, I thought it was cool, interesting. I wasn't overly passionate about that, about it then. But decided to do my CF in the schools and kind of right away was beginning to think that might not be the path for me. Luckily, I had an amazing CF supervisor and she, so she was my supervisor in the schools during the day, but then she had picked up hours at skilled nursing facility in the evening. And, you know, she said to me, I really think you should come with me. I really think, you know, you might learn a lot. You know, you really should know more kind of about dysphagia and things like that. And, you know, so I went and, you know, the company, no, they didn't pay me because I they had hired me to be a CF in the school. So I really was just kind of volunteering a couple nights a week with her. But I mean, the experience was invaluable. So it's not like I can kind of tell you to just go and shadow someone for free for a while. But, you know, that that is actually an option and that might work out good for you. Um, but yeah, I, I right away just ended up falling in love with the setting and with geriatrics and skilled nursing and dysphagia. And as soon as my uh, CF was over, I accepted a job in that skilled nursing facility. So I really just went on all of the knowledge that I learned, you know, shadowing her in the evenings there. 
So, you know, once I started, you know, working full time, I mean, I still had her as a great resource to use, but then I also realized that there's so much more that I needed to learn. I had one course in in grad school on dysphagia. I've just been shadowing someone in the evenings, you know, after school to get this experience. And I still don't think that I knew everything. You know, I still was not completely comfortable with treating these patients. So, you know, so when I was started working on my own in the skilled nursing facility and kind of realized that like, holy crap, I'm on this, my own little dysphagia island here. And there is nobody in this building that has any clue what I'm talking about or nobody here that I can bounce ideas off of. You know, that's really where the whole community comes into, into play. And Oh my gosh. I mean, if these like Facebook groups were alive and kicking back then, I would feel so, I probably would have felt so much better about myself, but they weren't. But you know, now I think of, I mean, you guys are so lucky to have so many resources right at your fingertips. And I think Facebook has been incredible in that, you know, there's the dysphagia professional edition group. There's the medical SLP forum. Um, I just started a med SLP newbies group. Um, And I think these are great ways to kind of bounce ideas off of each other and just pick up on treatment strategies that, you know, you've never even heard of before, didn't even know existed. But then I also think kind of the downside of Facebook has been you don't understand the connotation of where someone's coming from. You don't know the intonation of their voice into which they're saying it. And people get crappy and people get defensive and kind of the whole reason I wanted to start this podcast is because people will write things on there and you know I've got this patient with so and so and so and then someone chimes in well did you try this and it's like well of course I tried that duh but then somebody else is like no I don't even know what the hell you're talking about so it's like we don't have the background information to the question there's a million other questions that need to be answered before we can try to kind of guide you in the right direction so that's really why I wanted to start this because I just wanted to give people kind of a place to tell their whole story and, you know, say their whole piece. And I think, you know, a lot of us, I mean, we're all good people. We're all here trying to help our patients. And I'm going to have a lot of really cool, you know, guests on this podcast that, you know, hopefully we'll give them a chance to tell, tell you their story and tell you their background. And you'll kind of realize that they are really super nice, phenomenal people. And if you do, you know, see them around on Facebook chiming in, don't get defensive. They're totally there to help. And, and it's just really hard to, like I said, know the the background, know the intonation that they're using when they're speaking to you. So, okay, so I just got off on a crazy tangent about the podcast, but let's get back to my story and back when I was working all by myself on my own little dysphagia island and how I had to learn all of this dysphagia knowledge myself also. It's like no one's going to come back and teach me everything I need to know. This is my career and these are my patients that I'm responsible for. And, you know, I better sure as hell figure out what I'm doing and fast. So I, you know, kind of right away, I just dove into taking a lot of CEUs and a lot of dysphagia courses. And I think, you know, maybe I think I'd been working three or four years when I decided to take the MBS IMP course. And it was like brand new. It had just come out. And I think when I took that, it was really when my eyes opened to exactly what I've been doing all this time. You know, I, I think I was a lot like a lot of you. I mean, we sat and we I watched people eat and we wrote goals that they tolerated their meal. And, you know, knowing what I know now, I'm like, oh my gosh, but 
you know, when you know better, you do better. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for that MBS IMP training that I went to because it really taught me how we have to know the physiology of what we are working with in order to treat the right deficits. So went back to my sniff after the MBS IMP training, and I really just started to be hypercritical of the reports I was getting back for, from the MBSs. And I just kept growing more and more frustrated with how they would come out. You know, I know we've all been there. We've all heard these horrible (laughs) stories of these horrible reports. Um, You know, they would come back with one sip of thin, okay, MPO, discontinued the study. You know, like, what are you even doing? No. I eventually convinced my facility to start sending my patients to a different hospital because I'm like, these reports aren't even worth the paper that they're written on. Like, they are so crappy. So started going to another hospital, but then the administrator wasn't happy about that because the cost of the transportation to that other hospital was like outrageous, I guess. Um, So she said, you're really just going to have to stick with the reports from this other hospital. And, you know, knowing what I know now and knowing, I mean, there's so many great resources out there. There's so many people out there that'll kind of help you with interprofessional communication. And I just, you know, I'd only been in the field a couple years. I didn't know how to tell this girl hey, your reports are crap, you know, like, what is this even telling me about my patients telling them nothing, you gave me nothing about the physiology, all you did was give them a sip of thin and say they aspirated and discontinued it, like, what? So anyways, that's really when I decided I wanted to get into doing more instrumentation myself. So luckily, at the time, I'd started doing um, a lot of staffing work. Also, I was working at my main facility, but then I started seeing patients like these rural facilities a few hours outside. And they had access to this mobile fees company. And I I honestly think, I, I would love to go back and look at my notes, actually. But I think we had like one class in grad school and minimal slides on fees. Um, so I really had no idea what it was. So I remember I, you know, went to this rehab director. I'm like, oh, where do you guys send your patients for MBSs? And he's like, oh, we don't. And, you know, instantly I was like, what? You know, I wanted to rip his head off. But He's like, no, we have this mobile fees company that comes in and they do right at the bedside and it's wonderful. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? So the girl came in and I ended up having like a great relationship with her. And I just loved how there was, you know, we could work together with the patient. I could talk about what I've been working on. She could tell me what she's seeing, what we, you know, how we think we can go about treating these, you know, underlying deficits. And so that's when I really just got hooked on fees there. So I ended up moving out to Las Vegas. My husband took a job out there. And I just, you know, naively at this point thought everybody had access to mobile fees. I just thought I lived in this little bubble that we didn't at our one facility. Um, That's when I realized it didn't exist. That's when I ended up starting my own company out there. Like I said, I was lucky enough to have access to instrumentation, you know, although I get these super crappy reports that I had to deal with and, you know, transportation issues and things like that. But I never had you know, an administrator stand in my way or anything. So when I started my mobile fees company, I just wanted to, you know, have an easier way, an alternate method for patients to get studies done. Um, You know, biggest luxury in life would be to have access to both MBS and fees. That would be phenomenal. And that's kind of when I realized, you know, as I'm marketing to these facilities that, you know, we've got some administrators standing in our way and they don't realize the benefit of the service and they think it costs too much. And then I realized we, our own field is standing in our way. You know, we've even got SLPs in our field that don't believe in instrumentation or they've just been getting the crappiest of reports for so many years that they don't even see the value of it anymore, which is just so sickening. So, you know, that's kind of when I realized that 
the issues were a lot bigger than just me. And there's a lot of work to be done in our field and educating each other about what we can really see with instrumentation. And, you know, how can I expect this administrator to sign a contract when he goes to his own SLP to get the contract done and she doesn't even see the benefit in herself or himself, you know? And that's when I felt called to, you know, kind of start my blog and spread the good word and was really encouraged to start this podcast too. Um, And I just kind of wanted a place where we can explain what we're feeling and, you know, provide evidence and hopefully get out of our own stinking way and swallow our pride and provide the best care for our patient. So I think as a business owner, you know, people think everything I do is so business driven and it's, it's not, it's really my own passion for this field. And, you know, I think until you've had a family member go through this, you know, struggle with dysphagia, struggle with eating and drinking the foods that they like, when you have a whole new appreciation for this field and how powerful we really are. And, you know, I, I feel like the, the rising tide lifts all boats is, you know, what I love to say. So, I mean, I love to get to know other businesses. I love to get to know other SLPs that do what I do. And I love having relationships with other fees providers and MBS providers because, you know, collectively together we can do more. So the whole goal of this podcast is I'm going to bring in some awesome guests, some awesome clinicians that, you know, you may never have heard of, you know, just because you're not on Facebook doesn't mean you're not a great clinician. So, you know, I want to bring in some other clinicians and hear what they have to say. And, you know, I want to provide a lot of evidence-based treatments for you guys. And, you know, I'll I'll be doing show notes. So, you know, I'll post where the paper came from, where the research came from. And, you know, I always love to give you a little cheese with your wine. So I don't want to just sit here and vent about our problems and say how horrible our profession is because it's not. It's an incredible profession and I love what I do. Um, But we all need a little help. So let's all just, you know, get on the same page, get on the same team. And, you know, it's, it's hard to think that for so many years, what we've been doing isn't right. And I don't think that's the way to approach it. I don't think that's the way to think about it. We've been doing the best that we can. And, you know, think of all the other medical professions. I just was thinking, you know, I live, I live in Buffalo. I live near um, Roswell Park Cancer Center. And so constantly on the news, they're talking about, oh, there's this new, this new treatment or there's this new chemo or this new therapy. And I, I don't know all the cancer terms. I'm so sorry, but you know, and, and they broadcast this on the news and then they interview the doctors and the doctors say, oh yeah, there's this new treatment strategy and we're going to try this with this patient and we think we're going to have great outcomes and, you know, we're going to have much higher survival rates. And it just got me thinking about our own field. And it's like new evidence comes out, new treatment strategies come out, and we don't really even think of them with a grain of salt and we just say well I've been doing this treatment for 30 years so this is what I'm gonna stick with and it's like no I mean think of if the cancer researchers at Roswell pull that shit like I I think our cancer survival rates would be a heck of a lot lower if they just stuck with what they'd been doing 30 years ago so I think maybe kind of take of a page out of another medical professions book and you know, we've got some phenomenal researchers in our field. Let's let's support them. Let's listen to what they have to say and put their strategies to work and hopefully improve our outcomes for our patients. So that's just kind of where I'm coming from with doing this podcast and just wanted to give you a little background information of me and where I'm coming from. And, you know, please feel free to reach out. I've got a bunch of great um, guests, clinicians, researchers scheduled to come on and interview on here. So hopefully you guys can learn a lot through this podcast, but please, 
Um, you can send me an email at Teresa, T-H-E-R-E-S-A, at speechscience.org. Um, send me a message if there's a specific topic or someone really cool that you know that you think everyone would learn a lot from. You know, let me know. I'll try to get them on this podcast. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for you guys. I don't know what I've gotten myself into here, but um, I keep getting encouraged to go forward with it. So I'm going to run with it. And yeah, um, also, you know, feel free to check out my website, mobiledysphagiadiagnostics.com. Check out the blog posts there. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to going on this journey with you guys. And hopefully you learn a tidbit of information to take back for your patients. And hopefully we can all just swallow our pride and get on the same page. So if you would love to hear more of these episodes and get some easily digestible bites of swallowing knowledge then please go and leave a review on iTunes because those reviews are what keep these episodes coming. Also, don't forget to subscribe, share the episode with your closest colleagues, and don't forget that show notes will always be available to download over on swallyourpridepodcast.com where you can also sign up to be notified of the latest podcast episodes. Thanks so much for listening. Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Matt Hott, one of the hosts of Speech Science, a weekly podcast bringing you all the information that you can handle related to speech sciences and disabilities. Ivan Campos, Lucas Stuber, and I interview leaders and difference makers in the field. Every Tuesday, we drop a new episode. You can find us on iTunes, Android, and on our website, www.speechscience.org slash speech science podcast. Join us as we try to find the answers to the question, what is communication?